Come on, can we give God a big clap of praise? How many are excited about 2020? It's the 54th day of 2020 already. How do I know that? Because I'm 54 days in on my Bible reading plan. 54 days have been and gone, and the best is ahead. And I don't know how you're living your life this year, but if it's not centered on God, I pray by the end of it tonight, you go out of this place with God-filled vision in your heart. Because it's our responsibility to live a life full of meaning, full of purpose. Proverbs 29 verse 18 is a well-known passage of Scripture. It talks about people without vision, they perish. It's not like we survive, we perish. I like how the message version puts it. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Ain't that true? You know, you see that all over the place, people just, you know, stumbling all over themselves. But it says, but when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. You know, I believe God wants to bless your life. And there's a blessing that comes from, from catching God's vision for our lives. In fact, in the, the Passion Translation, it says, when there's no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the Word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. I believe God wants to fill your soul with good things. Come on, heaven's bliss will fill your soul. 2020 has so much promise ahead of it. You know, when it comes to where we are today, who would have thought years ago would have 12 churches in 12 countries of the world. Not 12, actually, we've got 19 international locations in 12 countries. You know, that's just mind-blowing to think that from New Zealand we could impact other nations. But not only 12 countries were impacting, you know, to think that we've got 21 locations around New Zealand is incredible. God has done a great work. And I believe the challenge of the church is to keep looking forward, to keep envisioning what the next season looks like. And so tonight, I want to preach from a passage found in Mark chapter 8. If you've got your Bible, let's go to Mark chapter 8. And we're going to be reading from verse 22. It says, Then he came to Bethsaida, and he bought, they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. That just sounds like that was a normal thing to do. But how many know, it's not every day somebody spits in your eyes. Well, at least not in my world. Anyway, he, he spat on his eyes and he said, did he see anything? And he looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes and made him look up. And when he, uh, when he was restored, he saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. Here, Jesus did a miracle, a miracle where he restored this man's vision. I believe one of the conditions that is so rampant in the world today is not just the coronavirus. I know that's out and about, and that's causing a whole lot of fear. But, uh, but I reckon one of the, uh, the big conditions that need healing is actually the lack of vision. The, the lack of sight. People can see with their natural eyes, but they can't see their future. I, I believe we serve a God who wants to reveal the future to us. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can conceive the things that God's prepared for those who love Him. 
But it goes on and it says, but the Spirit of God reveals those things to us. I believe God wants to reveal His plan and His purpose for your life. He wants to open our eyes to see something that we've never seen before. Isn't it interesting in this passage of Scripture that the first thing Jesus did was He took this man outside of the city. He grabbed him by the hand and took him outside of what was familiar. To a blind person, the familiar is really important. You know, they want to know how many steps it is from their bed to the fridge. Because going to the fridge is really important. They, they want to know how many steps and, you know, what's in the way between them and the bathroom. They want to know where everything's positioned. For the blind, the familiar is really important. But here Jesus took this blind man by the hand and led him outside of what was known. I really believe for us to catch what God wants to do, God wants to lead us outside of what we know. Yeah, He's done so many good things, but God wants to do something that we've never seen before. Come on, if we're to see 100,000 people reach for Jesus, we can't just settle with what is. We've got to look beyond where we are, and we've got to see something more. Come on, God wants to open your eyes today. He wants to open the eyes of your understanding. And here, that God, Jesus took this man by the hand and led him outside of the town. And then he did something really crazy. He spat in his eyes. You know, he had all this goo in his eyes, and you know, probably at that point he thought, what the heck am I doing? How many know there's so many times when we follow God that you go, man, what's God doing? You know, we can't see things clearly. You know, it seems like we've just got a whole lot of goo around us. Yeah, but God's working a miracle even when we don't see it. God, God's doing something amazing even when we don't feel it. A lot of people today, they're governed by their feelings. As the people of God, we're not governed by our feelings. We're governed by the Word of God and what the Word of God says. And that's where faith arises in our heart. God, Jesus spat in his eyes. He said, what do you see? And he said, I see people and they look like trees. Now, and now many people have preached on this verse before and I've heard it said, well, the man didn't really fully receive a miracle until Jesus touched him the second time. It's like even Jesus needed to pray for a guy twice. I reckon that's wrong. Because how many know anything that Jesus does works? And it works the first time. Yeah, you know, the first time Jesus prayed for him, he saw people looking for uh, like trees. Now, if you know your Bible, in the Bible, there's many metaphors that describe what people are like. And right throughout Scripture, it talks about people like trees. It talks about that like we are the planting of the Lord. It, it says that in the Bible. Jesus would often refer to, to us like trees. He says, a good tree can't bear forth bad fruits. A good tree will bring forth good fruit. A bad tree will bring forth bad fruit. A bad tree can't bring forth good fruit. Now, how many know he's not referencing a tree? He's actually referencing people. You know, and if you're bad at your roots, bad things are going to come from your life. And right throughout Scripture, there's actually a reference to trees being like people. And so, so what this man saw with the first touch is his spiritual eyes were open. The second touch was about opening his natural eyes, but the first touch was about opening his spiritual eyes. Come on, I really believe tonight as we lay hands on people and anoint people with oil, God's going to open people's spiritual eyes. God's going to open their eyes to see things that they've never seen before. Come on, God's got a vision and plan for your life this year. 
as big and as beyond yourself, as beyond what, what you've ever seen. But for, for, us, for that to happen, we've got to allow God to touch us. And, uh, you know, just, just for that to happen, for God to move outside our reference points, number one, we need to see that, that waste in the kingdom is worse than failure. So many people don't see everything that God wants to do in their life because they fear failure. If, if you don't accomplish what God has for you in your life, yeah, you can't fear failure. I love Psalm 27. David declared, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Oh, another way of saying that is, why should I be afraid? If God is my light and my salvation, I have no reason to fear in life. Come on, He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. You know, He's confident in who God is in His lives. But so many people scare, are afraid, should I say, of giving things a go. As a church, we're not going to be shy on believing for big things. We're hiring Spark Arena. You know, I love the fact that we've got churches all over the planet. Many people look at the successes of those churches, but many don't hear about the failures. You know, the times we've reached out and it hasn't worked. Now I'm praying March the 8th is going to work and that people show up. But there's a little bit of nervous excitement in me thinking, and the nervous part is really, is it just going to be, you know, a group this size? How many know a group this size in the Spark Arena is going to be, hello, hello, hello. Is anyone there, there, there? You know, it's going to be a little bit awkward, but we're, we're saying, come on, no, we're going to believe that we're going to be able to occupy spaces like that. It's exciting to see at open heaven, you know, 10,000 people praying. That was amazing, but wouldn't it be great if one church can occupy a space like that? Come on, we've got 1.5 million people in this city. We can't settle for just a few hundred gathering on a Sunday. We need to see tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people lifting up the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, give God a, a clap of praise. I love that we're stretching out. Our young people are stretching out. Last year in a youth event, they saw over a 1,000 people attend with 400 people giving their hearts to Jesus. I'm thanking God for what He did last year, but that was last year. We've got to create space so that God can do it again, and He can do it in a greater measure. Come on, let's stretch out beyond ourselves. If you're a university student here, I believe God wants to work among your, 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 your work, not your work makes you, your fellow students. Yeah. Your fellow, no, no, I won't go there. Somebody said no. It's the last service of the day. Anything can come out. God wants to work. Among your peers, God wants to do a miracle. I believe that this service, this 6 p.m. service is going to quickly fill up. That we're going to have to look at putting on another service. Come on, we're going to keep creating room for God to do a miracle. We're not going to fear failure. Uh, waste is more to be fit. Don't waste your life. People who don't have a prophetic vision are wasting their life. Don't sell yourself short just to, to you know, buy a house. If that's your goal in house, life, buying a house and getting married, it's, it's, it's a goal that's short-sighted. You know, have a goal that, that's for here and now, but for eternity. Invest your life into the eternal purpose of God, the eternal promise of God. Come on, there's people in your world that God wants to reach through your life this year.
Who's close to you but far from God right now? Who in your family needs to know Jesus? How many got family members who don't know Jesus? This year, could we believe that whole households are going to get saved? 26 of my family members gave their heart to Jesus in an 18-month period. If God can do it in my family, He can do it in your family. Come on, we're going to see a revival in our families because we want our families in heaven. And and without Jesus, there's no promise of eternity. My parents had to have a straight conversation with my grandparents. For years, we shared the gospel with them. They didn't receive it. We sat them down and we said, we want to see you in heaven with us. For that to happen, you need to receive Jesus. After a period of time, they gave their heart to Jesus. In fact, in their 80s, they knelt on the living room floor of, of my parents' house. And with tears in their eyes, they gave their heart to Jesus. In their 80s. 18 months ago, my nan passed away. Yeah, it was actually a celebration, her passing away, because she had a dream. She's in her 90s. She had a dream that a day would come where Jesus would tap her on the shoulder and she'd go home. She was actually anticipating that, uh, that, that day. So Jesus came, tapped her on his shoulder. She's now in heaven. She's now in heaven. That's awesome. She didn't fear death. How amazing is that? Life is short. And, and we've, got, you know, we've got to plunder hell. And, and we've got to populate heaven. We've got to do all that we can. We've only got one life. And we've got to live for the cause of Jesus Christ. Don't waste your life on meaningless stuff. Center on Jesus. Don't fear failure. This year, I want us to live by delight, not duty. Duty will never produce the results of the kingdom. Duty is all about obligation and, and religion. Too many people do stuff because they think they have to do it. You know, have an understanding of what Christ has done for you. And then you delight to do His will. That's what the summer said. I delight to do your will. Uh, delight in God. In fact, the summer says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. You never get the desires of your heart by just doing your duty. It comes from delight. And many people, when it comes to their faith, it's like they express it through duty. But, but duty, you're not doing any favors to God. God wants your heart, and He wants you to delight in Him. Come on, when it comes to the house of God, you know, be, be like it says in Micah, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of God. I was glad. What a privilege it is today to worship God. Come on, what an honor it is to lift up His name with so many amazing people. Come on, so many incredible people in this place. God's touched. He's transformed. He's done a great work in their life. And we just love giving back to God. Realizing that God doesn't need our worship. He's not an egotistical maniac. Now, worship changes us. When we magnify God, it doesn't make God any bigger than He already is. He's big. But, but when we magnify, when we lift up God, it makes God bigger in our eyes. And when God is bigger in our eyes, bigger in our vision, it's amazing how the problems around us become smaller. Come on, what are you elevating today? What's become bigger than it needs to be? Some of us, you know, when it comes to following God, we, we put ourselves, ourselves are too high on the agenda. 
uh, and, and, and we shy away from things. But, but when you lift up Jesus, nothing's too big. God, you know, too many of us are worried about making mistakes, as I said, and failing. But you've got to get over yourself. Come on, the best way to live is not to be too serious. Get over yourself. Die to yourself. Die to yourself. Allow yourself, the old person, to be nailed to the cross. And let the new person, the person God's called you to be, to come to this for, to come to the service. Come on, out of delight. I delight to do your will. I delight. Come on, anybody delight. A Danish delight. No, uh, how many remember those? They're a good ice cream. You know, I feel like ice cream right now. I don't know how Danish delight came up. Anyway, everybody focus back right now. It's like, no, I delight to do your will. Not duty, but delight. Okay, this year we're going to live on the front foot, not the back foot. In 2020. You know, if you're on the back foot, there's only one place you can go, and that's normally down. Now, if somebody pushes you and your weight is already on the back foot, I'm going to fall over. This year, we want to determine to live on the front foot in Jesus' name. Because at least if somebody pushes you and you're on your front foot, you can go to the back foot. But if you're on the back foot, there's nowhere to go. Come on, we, we want to live with an abundance of supply. Come on, where we have enough, that when adversity comes our way and problems do come our way, that, that I, yeah, it may push us back, but we've got enough reserves that we're not going to fall over. We're not going to choke. We're not going to fold. We're not going to give in. Come on, God wants to pour into your life this year so that you can operate from the front foot, so that you can initiate Come on, let's be on the front foot when it comes to our Christianity. Let's start our day on the front foot. The best way to start on the front foot is in the Word of God. The the best way to start the day on the front foot is by worshiping Him, lifting Him up, inviting Him into your day. Too many people start their day on the back foot. They look at their emails, the first thing they look at, and they see a problem. And they've got no reserves. And, you know, they go into their day, and it's all duty. There's no delight in it. But how about starting your day on the front foot in Jesus' name by putting God first? When you put God first, you'll never come second. you never come second in your life. Come on, you never come second in your studies. Yeah, it won't take away from your studies. In fact, if God's called you to do the, the degree or the program you're in, come on, He'll enable you. He'll empower you. He'll give you vision beyond natural vision. Come on, God will open the eyes of your understanding. He'll enable you to see things that others will miss. Come on, this year, let's determine that we're going to be anointed students, not just students. We're going to be anointed students. Come on, let's determine. If you're a parent here, we're going to be anointed parents. We're going to parent our kids with the help of God. Come on, let's determine if we're teachers, we're going to be anointed teachers. Come on, whatever you are, let's believe for God's anointing on our life. Come on, we don't just need e-group leaders, we need anointed e-group leaders. Come on, we want God's anointing. We don't want to just sing worship songs, we want anointed worship. Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So me, well, what's... What's a yoke? Well, a yoke was used to join two oxen. And some of us are attached to things that are actually limiting us. We're attached to wrong thinking. We're attached to old relationships that are holding us back. 
And it's the anointing that breaks that yoke that's actually stopping us move forward. Come on, God wants to remove some of the attachments that are holding you back. So many people, oh, there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. You're a child of God. What's holding you back is what you're attached to. And and it's the anointing that can break the yoke so that you can run freely this year. You can run unencumbered. Come on, without any hindrance. Come on, you can take hold of that vision and you can run with purpose in Jesus' name. Come on, this year, God is going to do exceedingly. What is He going to do? Exceedingly above all that we could ask. According to the that works within us, to Him be the glory in the church for all generations. Amen. Give yourselves a big hand. Yeah, front foot living is about consistency. Just storing up stuff when you don't need it. Now, I'm not just opening my Bible when I need an answer. You know, I'm opening my Bible because I, I, I want God to come and speak to my every, into my every day. You know, it's not just when we need a miracle, we pray. Come on, we build up a reservoir in our lives so that when the need arise, arises, we have something to draw from. Come on, on the front foot. God wants to open your spiritual eyes. How are you viewing your situation and your circumstances right now? Are you just looking at it through your natural eyes? You know, your plans laid out. Da, da. You know, come on, I want you to allow God tonight to open the eyes of your understanding. So you can see people like trees. The planting of the Lord. So you can see things that only He can reveal. Come on, God wants to remove the scales off your eyes. God, God wants you to see the potential and possibilities that are out there. I believe this year our music is going to go further than it's ever gone. I've been sharing, you know, to think. Last year I was in South Africa. I was being driven to the airport and on the radio, he was playing a radio station. Uh, it came up a competition, name the artist. And then the song came out on, and I go, oh, I know that song. That song sounds really familiar. I go, hang on a sec, that's our song. That's Equipper's Revolution. And then I said to the driver, that's our song. He says, oh, I know the DJ. So he rang out the DJ. And we were able to answer who the artist was. I got it right. You know, but to think it's in South Africa, you know, being played on a radio station is just like, wow, where else is God going to take our music this year? Yeah, in the future, how many more churches are we going to plant? Come on, in the city, how many more big rooms are we going to occupy in Jesus' name? Come on, we're going to reach the city. We're going to reach the city. We're going to do everything that we can. We're not going to fear failure. We're going to move forward in Jesus' name. Come on, you've got to see it. You've got to see it. You've got to see your friends in church. You've got to see them encountering God. You've got to see healings take place. Come on, you just got to see it in the spirit. Can't look at it with your natural eyes. Look at it with your natural eyes, you'll just see defeat. 
And you look at it with your spiritual eyes, you see victory. When you look at things with your natural eyes, you, you know, it's all about sickness. And you, know, you look at the doctor's diagnosis. Kind of look at it with your spiritual eyes and you'll see healing and freedom. Oh, I've been diagnosed with two incurable diseases. Twice they said that you've got a disease that you can't be cured from. You're just going to have to live with and manage. But I chose right at the beginning of that diagnosis. I'm not going to go on Google and read up all about it. I'm not going to look at it with my natural eyes. Dr. Google knows nothing. My God knows everything. I, I made a determined decision. That's how I'm going to look at it. And I'm going to declare, I see it. I see myself healed. God's called me to do a whole lot. And I can't do it sick. And so, God, you've got to heal me. You said you would heal me. Heal me right now. And, you know, today I stand and I don't have one symptom of either of those diseases. I'm on no medication. I've been healed in Jesus' name. Why? Because he's my healer. He's my healer. Come on, how are you looking at things? Lift your eyes. Come on, see it from God's perspective. Don't look down at the ground. Here's a different point of view on everything. And it's for us to get a prophetic revelation of what God wants to reveal. Paul said, what you see with your natural eyes, that's temporal. But what you can't see, the unseen, that's eternal. Come on, let's fix our eyes on the eternal, on the unseen. Let's get it in the Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. How about everybody stand to your feet? Thank you, Holy Spirit, you're here. We can't see you, but we can feel you. And by faith, Lord, right now, we ask you to come and move upon our lives. Lord, to every area of blindness, Lord, I pray today you'd heal us. Lord, let us see further than we've ever seen before. Thank you, God, every word that's been spoken over our lives, every word you've spoken will come to pass. Lord, we declare greatness, greater things. We declare more. For us as a church, but also individually, more, more, more in Jesus' name.